now tuned in to the cold hard truth. Cayman's number one hard-hitting live podcast show, where we feature some straightforward conversations on political, social, and celebrity news, and all things happening in the Cayman Islands and around the world. This show was created to give the people a voice and a means of being involved and informed without any filters. Sometimes it gets crazy, but we always keep it real. We bring you the tea. Piping hot, so grab your favorite beverage and join the conversation via WhatsApp at 324-1612. Email tips at caymanmorrowroad.com. Now, here's your host, Sandy Hill, broadcasting live from the beautiful Cayman Islands. Good morning, everyone. Happy Thursday. Wagwan, wagwan. I feel like we need a little excitement this morning to get us up and rolling. How is everyone? The date today is January the 14th, one day shy of 
two weeks into the new year. Imagine that. Truly amazing. We got a lot to talk about this morning, actually. Um, we're going to split up today a little bit between Tech Thursday. And um, we do have Alric, by the way, who normally joins us on a Thursday. So I'm sure Alric will be popping in. So we're going to do Tech Thursday. We're going to have a chat with Alric. And we're also going to update you guys on um, some things that have happened since yesterday, uh, which is uh, super interesting. Yep. Um, so what else have we got on the agenda today? I want to talk about WhatsApp. We're going to talk about small claims court. And um, we're going to talk about a few policies here <clears throat> at CMR that hopefully uh, will assist you guys when you're reporting a situation that you would like or help with. Because I think it's really important to make sure that we're getting it right as much as we can for 2021. So good morning to Jackie all the way from Oak Ridge. Thank you so much for tuning in this morning. Good morning to Morna. Morna is always locked in here <clears throat> on uh, the cold hard truth because she likes the cold hard truth. I mean, she doesn't want anybody lying to her. So um, thank you so much for tuning in. We've got the beautiful Kay who is joining us. Mr. Ernesto, good morning, sir. How are you? So nice to see you again this morning. I feel like we have to start playing Mr. Ernesto's song. You know, we're still working on getting a few of the videos done for um, the um, new year for some of the songs that we have. But I do kind of feel like we still need to get those finished so we can start uploading those and actually using those on the um, the show. Now, speaking of, um, by the way, speaking of, what was I going to tell you? Speaking of songs, I've had some people say to me, that they're not that enthused about the national song, the version of the national song that we pray, play on this show. Oh, I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, they have said that they think it's a poor copy of the national song and that they would like for us to play another version of it. So good morning, beautiful Grace. I don't have another version of it. Here's the thing. That is a video. And it's a little bit tricky trying to upload just audio on this program. So does anyone, I'm going to put this plea out there, have access to a video version of someone singing the national song that's going to make you guys happy. Because what I liked about the version that I just played, I mean, not everybody might have been on cue. It was largely, um, I think, done a cappello, and then they went back and added the music to it afterwards. The reason that I like it is it represents a moment in our history, a moment in time, when we were all stuck in lockdown. 
And so what you see in that video is all of those different performers coming together and um, recording a snippet of the song that then someone else put together post-production for them to be able to put the entire song. So it's like, okay, Kevin Dawkins got a message to say, okay, Kevin, you sing this particular portion of the song. This is the bar that you're going to sing. And then, um, you know, Derry got another portion that said, okay, Derry, you sing this. Mona Lisa got another portion. And I thought, you know what, here's a perfect example of um, who we are as a people, the diversity that we have amongst ourselves, <clears throat> as well as the talent that we have. And yes, not everybody is like perfectly on cue, but in that moment, what we needed to demonstrate was unity. And I felt like that song um, showed unity. Now, maybe I'm just not as discerning of a listener when it comes to music, because I'll be honest, I may very well be tuned deaf um, to a lot of music in the sense that, you know, if it touches me somewhere else, I'm not going to be that bothered by all of the, oh, it's not really on key. Now, um, I am aware <clears throat> that, um, right after the song came out, there was someone who contacted me and his sentiments were exactly the same. He was like, no, no, no. You know, this song is off key and I don't like it. And I'm complaining. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Back it up, brother. I don't think that anybody meant to offend you or anyone else for that matter. Um, you know, are we going perhaps a little bit overboard with this? Mm. Um, so I don't know what, I mean, what do you, what do you guys think? Is, is this much ado about nothing? Are these one or two people who are having an issue with this? Or is this a broader sentiment of, um, you know, something that we need to really be focused on? We have so many other things to be focused on, to be honest, but I do know that, hey, if something really bothers you, um, it's not going to stop bothering you because you have more important things that you should be thinking about. I'm well aware. I'm well, well, well aware of how that works in our heads. So let me know what you guys think. But most importantly, what I need is an actual version of the song because I don't have one. So tell me. Um, good morning, Flora. Good morning to the beautiful Grace Powell. So good to see you. Larry is joining us from New York. Miss Anna is here. Thank you. We've got Ervalyn who's ready to pop off this morning. And by the way, I've got some tea. I was just doing a few, um, little things here. You guys know that on the show, we send out, um, our daily reminders via the website, um, the, the show is live and you can watch it now. So I was just queuing that up and reminding her what's up group. Cause remember now we've got a what's up news group. I'm reminding them that you can watch the show live as well. So I think someone was trying to call me, but I think maybe that was a mistake. 
They were butt dialing me, so to speak. So if you want to join the program, I'm going to remind you that you can jump into the conversation at any time. You have the option to turn off your camera because I know sometimes you're not camera ready. That's not a problem. You can turn your camera off and uh, still join the show. And just like I'm doing now, the only difference is I actually have um, an avatar is what they call it. So I've just taken a photo of myself and I have uh, put it there so that anytime I have to speak without you seeing my face, that's what you're going to see. But you can do the exact same thing. You can have your avatar ready to go, or you can just not have anything at all. And it'll just be like a little gray circle like we had with Irvlin yesterday. So we're going to be talking a little bit about scammer um, Garfield Rob. We received more messages about him. And in case you guys missed the articles that we put up, we're going to just review some of that information. Um, so Beulah, thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, we've got Olivia. Thank you, lovely Olivia, for tuning in as well. Who else is here? Let me see. Let me see. Uh, Denise. Hello, Denise. Buenos dias to Alice. Irvlin says, I love it. It shows the talents of her local artists. I love it. It's just different. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Uh, Karen says, who is complaining about the national song? What's wrong with people? Christ, trust me. People complain about everything under the sun and then some. But I was thinking maybe it was just me that loved it. Like, you know, am I missing something? I'm normally very well in tuned with people. Grace loves it. Good morning to Nikki. Um, but yeah, maybe, you know, I was the one who was missing the beat, literally. Irvlin says it's perfect, Sandy. They're not professional singers. People just need to loosen up a little bit. And you know what, though? I mean, some of them are like professional singers. Like Erica Asan is her stage name. Um, Erica actually uh, is a very talented young lady. I think she went away and did some show similar to like America's Got Talent or whatever. Um, and she has a couple songs that she's already dropped in her repertoire. And so, yeah, I'm not so sure what all the hoopla is all about. But uh, like I said, you know, we don't mind sharing um, music. We don't mind putting up a different song. You know, to me, the thing is, it's her... It is our national song. So I am more than happy. Let me just adjust my camera tidbit here. There we go. I'd like for you guys to see all my flags in the background. Um, it's, just, it's just a tidbit of, you know, again, people being very, very passionate about uh, that song that means so much to all of us, which, by the way, the author of that song is still not a national hero, and a lot of people think that she should be, including her own great great granddaughter. Is it great great granddaughter or great granddaughter? Uh, Miss Lisa Scott, who has been pushing for this to happen, and it has yet to happen. I've got dirty glasses this morning, folks. I'm surprised I'll be able to see anything out of these. Ooh, these lenses really need to be clear cleaned. Ooh, this eye over here is foggy. 
Um, Grace says, I think we need to focus on more important issues. And like I said, I have nothing, there's nothing in my mind that's wrong with another song. Someone suggested the Williams Quartet, the, um, the three siblings who do, they do a lot of acapella work. If there's a video out there of them, I don't mind mixing it up. You know, let me know folks. Olivia said, Sandy, there's nothing wrong with the song. These are our local people. Please leave our song. So it looks like you guys are okay with the music. Good morning to the beautiful Kenneth. I shouldn't say beautiful, handsome, handsome Kenneth Bryan. Hailing us up from the lovely district of Georgetown Central. Folks, you got to tune in. We're now in election season and we want to be hearing from our candidates. So Kenneth is going to be joining us on Tuesdays. He's going to take part of the Tuesday slot. I would recommend that anyone who is watching the program this morning and you are running for public office, you get your act together, number one. And number two, you start considering um, how you're going to reach the people in this country with your message because we all want to hear from you. But, you know, one platform is certainly CMR. We're going to be your election headquarters, folks. We're going to tell you all the sus. And by the way, there's a lot that's going on. Uh, by today, we should be making an announcement of at least three more candidates that we know are coming online. Everybody's waiting for Woody to make an announcement. We have not heard um, an announcement from him as yet. So, um, let me see. My apologies. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, Lord, have mercy. We won't give you that bad news quite yet this morning. Um, yes, so let me just... Um... So you got to get your message out there, folks. If you're still asleep at the wheel and you're running for public office, get on it. JD says, I sing it. I sing along with it all the time. I sing along with it. Thank you so much, JD. Good morning, Miss Joy. Good morning, Andy. Rovina is here. Thank you. Felicia. Charlotte, all the way from Scotland. Oh, my gosh, Charlotte. How are you? I haven't seen you in a minute. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. How is Scotland? How's the weather? What's been going on? And that neck of the woods, Miss Phyllis is here. Miss Phyllis, thank you so much for tuning in. So, folks, if you want to join the show, I'm going to put the link here. Like I said, you can just jump on, say good morning to everybody. Um, Charlotte says it's cold in Scotland. I can imagine. Good morning to Natasha and Esther. So, listen, I told you guys earlier that Ernesto is here. Now, if you missed Ernesto's performance before, I'm going to play a little bit of snippet of his award-winning performance recently that he had at the Lions Center. So give me one second here to cue it up. This is a fun song to kind of just get the blood moving. Like sometimes you need to get up in the morning and just start stretching, doing a couple jumping jacks. Like I said, I got my turmeric and garlic, which is supposed to be anti-inflammatory tea. 
the cold hard truth. Uh, these are not the new mugs, by the way. The new mugs are on the way. So I've just put a little bit of honey from the farm in Jamaica. Um, and then, yes, my tea bag is still seeping. It's important to make your tea, you know, teas are different, you know, different types of teas and whatever, but you've got to make your tea seep uh, long enough for it to be as potent as possible. You see that you guys can actually see. This has got some serious turmeric in it. Like you can see, it almost looks like curry. I'm <laughs> like, I'm going to be drinking um, a cup of curry. So I've got that and I've got my water. You guys know I love cold water, which may not be the best thing, but I drink, in order for me to drink water, it has to be cold. Charlotte says it's 33 degrees and raining and been snowing off and on. Oh, I would love the snow though. Even just a little bit. All right, Ernesto, let us share. Ernesto's award-winning performance. I think you guys are going to love this and it's going to get the blood pumping and put you in the mood. Oh, my God, 
right. Who does not feel uh, super pumped after you hear that song? Come on now. I am super pumped when I hear that, and I'm ready to go. Quando, 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 quando. <laughs> Ernesto, thank you so much for the entertainment this morning. We love it. Um, good morning, Toshi. Wagwan. Everything is good. I'm good. I'm just rocking here to uh, all sorts of music. We got our little call-in song music. I'm waiting to drop a video for that. So, Lizette, thank you so much for tuning in. Yes, let's get the show rolling. All right, so yesterday we were talking about scammers, and I tell you what, we could do woo, a lot of shows on scammers. Irvin called in and talked about what could be he would be vying for a top scammer award at this particular moment. But we know, unfortunately, he's not the only one. There are so many out there. Buenos dias, Senorita Daisy. Como estas? Uh, there are a lot of people who make their livelihood off of scamming people. And it's unfortunate because the vast majority of people are really good, upstanding citizens. We get up every single day. We're hustling, we work, whether it's at the gas station, cashier, pumping gas, you know, working for government, even picking up the trash. There are people who get up every morning. They were on my road this morning, three o'clock in the morning, hats off to the DEH staff, making sure that our island looks half decent. They're emptying your garbage, taking it to the dump. That's a whole other issue. We got to work on fixing that. But, you know, they're playing their role in this community and they're earning an honest living. You know, during my sentencing hearing, um, at one point I got a little bit emotional about something. And I'm going to tell you guys um, about it. I said to the judge, do you know how easy it would be, even for me, to be on the wrong side of the law and to be making excuses for bad behavior? Oh, I grew up poor. Oh, you know, I had a rough childhood. Um, even, you know, going to university, I was so poor. There were times when I didn't know for sure if I was going to get to eat how many times for the day and where my next meal was coming from. A lot of us have had challenges along the way, folks. There's no two ways about it. But that is never an excuse to do the wrong thing. Because that's the easy way out. It's easy to do the wrong thing. Trust me, I've made my fair mis mistakes, my fair share of mistakes. It's easy to steal. It's easy to lie. It's easy to scam people. It's easy to take advantage of people. You know what is difficult and what's hard? Getting up every single day, being an honest person, and saying, I'm not going to do any of those things. I'm going to work hard for what I have. I'm not going to abuse or take advantage of other people, especially their hard-earned money, because that's the coward's way out. You know, that's the scammer's way out. And so I said that to him because, you know, through, throughout the trial, I could hear all sorts of excuses. Oh, I'm not perfect because I've had a rough life. <laughs> really? And your life is any different than who? You know, in fact, you probably had it better than most people. Scammers just have a different mentality. 
You know, I think that most of them are just narcissists and they think that they can get one up on everybody else. It's easy to talk about, oh, I was the fat kid in school. So now as an adult, I'm going to take out my issues on everybody else. Well, there was a lot of us, not me, by the way, I was not a fat kid. I was actually very fit and very thin until I got to university. Then I became the fat adult. Okay. But you know, it's easy to cop out and say that our childhood issues, you know, parental issues, whatever, separation anxiety, all of these things created the monsters that you now have become. To me, that's the easy way out. The more honorable and the harder thing to do is to just get your shit together. If you need counseling, go get counseling. Sort yourself out. But don't do it at the expense of hardworking people. Buenos dias. Bendiciones. Harla, como estas? Lulu, thank you so much for tuning in. So, Mr. Garfield Rob continues to take advantage of people. And just this morning, I woke up to yet another message that said, Miss Sandy, I saw your article in Garfield and I am one of his victims as well. I said, Lord, how many, how many are there out there? I mean, honestly, here's another one that was in the article in case you missed it. This woman gave him a total of $3,900. Good morning, beautiful Tracy. Now, do you guys know how hard it is to come across $3,900? There are people who definitely do not make that in a month. That's hard fought money, you know? That doesn't come easy. And so I am more than disappointed when I see someone like Mr. Rob taking advantage of people every single day, this cannot be right. I remain firm in my resolve that what he does is actually a criminal offense and that the police need to step in. They have before, by the way, which is very, very interesting because to me, it doesn't make any sense how you can justify stepping in once before and then you have all of these other complaints that people are coming to you with and you want to make the argument to them that this is a civil matter. Well, if it was truly a civil matter, how was it that you stepped in before on behalf of some other victim? The offense remains very, very much the same. Am I right or am I right? Talk the truth and shame the devil. $3,900, installation of hurricane shutters, completion date was supposed to be August the 31st of 2019. Here we are in January of 2021. And guess what? Still no job completed. Hmm? Does this man not have any shame? I'm just wondering, you know, I I think that a lot of people don't have any shame and that's part of the problem. So let's look at some of the messages. This was the receipt that the individual had. 
Um, and let's look at what a scammer this dude is trying to prey on the sympathies of others. And this is the other thing, man. When I tell you that people are narcissists, I know we kind of throw around that word in this day and age very, very loosely, but I think it's, it aptly fits a lot of people. Believe me, you check him out. He says, um, before that, the person said, come on, stop. Um, I guess they were telling him about his backside and he says, come on, stop. And they said, I told you cause me interest. Then he says, I'm not a poor, I'm not rich. I'm not sure what he means by I'm not rich and poor. Uh, what are you talking about Garfield? You're confusing my, you make my head hurt this early in the morning. You're not rich and you're not poor. How about just being honest? You know, just pay the people back their money. So the other lady goes on to say that she, you should have thought about that when you were taking my money and traveling all over the place. Lord Jehovah, the man has time to travel? No, sir. Daisy says, my Spanish is getting better. Can I actually tell you something really quickly? Let me pause this. My Spanish used to be on fleek, like really, really good. When I was in high school and when I went to university, they were like, oh, when I took my little entrance exam for my foreign language, they said, wow, we would have to put you in level three um, university Spanish. And because I was a poor university student and I was trying to save money, I said, well, um, can I exempt out of it? And they said, yes, with the with this test result, you can actually exempt out of your foreign language requirement. And that's what I did. Now I kind of regret it. Like now I wish I'd really continued because I feel like I could be completely fluent. But I feel like I'm one of those people if I did an immersion course, so if I went like to Costa Rica for six months and I did nothing but speak, read and hear Spanish, I would come back like completely fluent because I have the foundation for like the pronunciation of most words and whatever. And I was really good. Like I could hold basic conversations in Espanol um, back in the day, like when I was in high school, like I would literally be like, you know, I would talk to people in Spanish and there was this super cute. Let me just, <laughs> I'm going to digress just a second here. So there was a super cute Puerto Rican guy. Mm -hmm. Trust me, he was cute. And uh, I was in high school. Obviously, he was older. So it was like, don't even look too hard. But he was really cute. And so he used to work at the same place as my uncle. And I would go there all the time. And he would like practice my Spanish with me. And one day, having a little bit of knowledge about Spanish, actually saved my life, like legit. I'm going to tell you guys about that later because it's a totally bizarre story that is just so, like I almost get kidnapped by some serial killer wannabe guy. And uh, having the ability to speak a little bit of Spanish and telling my the same Puerto Rican guy that this guy was dangerous saved my life. So I'm telling you folks, learn a little bit of Spanish. Um... So, yes. So here we go back to Garfield. My apologies for digressing. This person says, I want my money back. Don't make tomorrow pass. He says, okay. Well, I guess tomorrow passed because the person then says, I'm waiting on $2,500. Good morning. I'm going to call you. Give more time. Mm -hmm. Then he said, then the other person says, 130 gone and I haven't heard from you. It's like, how much time 
do you need, brother? Now it's been years. Then he says, well, the other person says, I'm going to hand this case over to small claims court and let them decide what to do with you. You have more patience. Um, we have more, more than patient. We've been more than patient with you. What's the excuse now, Garfield? Well, it's out of my hands now. I'm, here he comes again. I'm going to call you. Mm -hmm. uh, the person says again, or he says now, good morning. I do not forget about you. I still remember you. I owe you some money. So, ka-ching, he admits it. We're not lying on the man. He owes a lot of people money. So she says, still waiting. Don't make this week pass. And guess what? Message him the next day. Says, come Monday in the morning. This will no longer be in my hands. It'll be in the hands of court. This man not afraid of no court. You know why he's not afraid of no court? Because the only court that he should be in should actually be a criminal court. And the police are refusing to take him to a criminal court. So um, I think that that has to be done. And I'm, I am personally going to... Um, me one second here. Uh, okay. So, um, I am personally going to speak to the commissioner because I do believe that um, something has got to be done on a criminal level with Garfield and others like him. It, it's, it's not enough that the police say to you, oh, this is a civil matter. At some point, this becomes fraud. It becomes obtaining property by deception, which is a.k.a. theft. So there is way more to this than just, oh, you go work it out yourself. That's the easy way out for the police. And I think that they are always looking for an easy way out, if you ask me. I'm just saying. Okay. So then they go on. Um, he's claiming he's not getting a lot of work, but no profit. No, he says, cannot make it again. A lot of work, but no profit. Cheap, cheap, cheap. And they said, this person says, we gave you ample time to pay. Now, just a second here. Let me just go back and see. Okay, so this is September. Now, keep in mind, this job dates back to a year earlier than what you're seeing in these messages to August um, of 2019. So here we go. August the 7th of 2019 was the first receipt where they gave $2,000. And then by August the 31st, um, no, then by September of 2019, the man comes back asking for another $1,900 to pay customs duty on the material. So I think that this dude is a scammer, number one. And number two, he's obviously really poor at business because if you are going to your clients and asking them for the duty to pay, right? 
then you ain't got no money for sure. And uh, it kind of is very strange, in my opinion, that you should be expecting the customer to pay the duty up front. And on top of that, still not complete the job. Because the only thing that's left is your labor. If you have the items and you have paid the duty from this money, then what are you doing? But you know, you know what it is? You want to know the real truth behind people like this? They cannot manage projects and jobs. So they're always behind and they're always stealing from Peter to pay Paul. So probably that $1,900 that he took from that woman, that wasn't for the duty. I mean, I don't know how much these shutters cost, but $1,900 sounds like a lot of duty on shutters. He was probably using that money to pay his own bills. She mentioned that he travels a lot. Going back to Jamaica, styling and profiling, as we have seen. And um, sadly, paying his own bills, making those a priority on the back of hardworking people's money. So this is what I suspect is really going on here. Because had he used that to pay the duty, I don't care how cheap things are. Talking about profit cheap. If you can't make a profit in business, folks, you as a business person should not be stealing from others and penalizing them for that. You need to just come out of business. Because basically, you don't know how to manage your business. You don't know how what you're doing. Because if you did, you would certainly understand that, you know what? Maybe there comes a time when this business is no longer profitable. And yes, I have to come out of it, but not him, boy. He can take your $1,900, your $3,900 and just keep living his best life. Then he says, morning, uh, Monday, I'm getting some money. So I'm going to text you, okay, when I get it. And the person says, I'm, look, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. I tell you Monday. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Morning. Monday gone. Mm-mm. And I have not heard anything. And then he says, remember your ma'am. I don't know what that, your man. I don't know what the heck that means. Uh, then he starts coming back again. I think this one might be a little bit out of order, but I couldn't see the dates on this one. Now he's making excuse again, blaming somebody else about how he now has some issue with customs. I have something from customs to get to finish up, screen porches. Uh, what I'm doing, I get the money to give it to you. So like I said, always stealing from Peter to pay Paul or Paula. Then he says, taking so long, Jesus Christ. Now listen to him. He has the audacity to talk about how long, the, I mean, this, this dude needs to be slapped. Like seriously, how long this is taking? Oh, this is taking so long. Listen, you're not the one that's out of money, dude. Like seriously? Can I 
get nothing out, not working, waiting on the material from Colton. I want to give you the money. And she says, that's all I keep hearing, but no action, nothing but excuses, folks. Wow. Anybody, listen to me straight up. You could have the patience of Job and this man would test your patience, okay? Because Lord have mercy. Really? Then he says, just need to finish. No, I'm not lying. I want to get the thing over and done. Well, that's an interesting comment. And I want you guys to pay attention because one of the things, the reason why we're doing the show, folks, is I'm trying to protect you from narcissists. So Buenos dias, Luis. Darlene, thank you so much. Why is he still out there doing business? He needs to be stopped. Because when DCI was prepared to stop him, I think they look like they were thinking about it after numerous complaints. His wife, Clarestina Rob, went out there and uh, took out a permit. My apologies went out there and took out a uh, business license so that he could continue. And I guess technically he's working for her under this business license. Good morning, Barbara. Uh, Lizette said, there's a lot of Spanish people here to help me with my Spanglish. Thank you so much. Muchas gracias. So yes, this is what's happening, Darlene. This is how he continues to get away with it. Uh, um, so pure excuses. Now pay attention when he says, no, I'm not lying. I want to get the thing over and done. Well, nobody actually said in that moment that he was lying, but you know what a guilty conscience does to you? It makes you say stuff like, oh no, I'm not lying when you actually are lying. That's why you have to say it. So then he goes on more excuses again. Uh, paper says the stuff was okay to release. Yes. Okay. Yeah. But the customs still have it all. Okay. I'm going back there again, 9am when it opens. Thank you. You're welcome. This, this, this person still being civil. <laughs> then they come back. I had to laugh at this point. Good morning. I like your style. So I am just continuing to hand off to, um, this is now, I think more they're just like, this is enough. So I'm just continuing hand off to courts. Uh, Mall Road, here you go again. I am tired. I have bills to pay and you don't care. Neither do I. And this is really sad because I'm sure this family really needs, especially in the middle of a pandemic now, could really do with that $3,900. And then um, he responds with a little, he says, me and then laugh. No, I, I, I don't know what's funny, but she responds and says, laugh. You have no heart. If so, if not by will, then by force. And he says, send me the picture, question mark. I don't know what that's about. And she says, send my, I think she's meant to say money. As a matter of fact, I'm done talking to you. You're going to get it. I finish up this week. Full of excuses, boy. Uh, me, good morning. What time I can come? the check today. 
Because now he's claiming that someone, he forwarded this message to say that someone told him the check would be ready on Friday. Well, all now the woman ain't got her money. And Garfield is full of more excuses than Quaker has oats. You're going to get it, man. Um, I went to the bank yesterday, but the girl gave me under the paper. So I have to fill it up today. I'm going to back for tomorrow. And um, take like a week to approve. I never know it takes so long. It, it has changed. Last year was more last year it was more easier, but now it is changed overnight. So um, I gotta bring my this paper to her tomorrow. And after tomorrow she let me know what I'm gonna deposit in my account. Um don't worry about it, man. I'm gonna give you back your money and give you back your interest because I already have um I applied for ten thousand for the uh, draft, so they're gonna give me ten thousand my account. So I'm gonna give you back um your two thousand dollars and give you you pay back your, um, your, um, your interest. Alright, so that's be able to tomorrow. And uh, I will call you every tomorrow morning. I go by, I go by the bank by at least um, 11 o'clock tomorrow again. So before 11, I give you a call. After 11, I give you a call. Well, guess what, folks? That was in September. All now, I guess the bank took months instead of a week to get him this draft. All now, still nothing. Full of excuses, full of lies, and uh, this is beyond disgusting. Like, seriously, dude, what the you-know-what? Enough is enough. Come on, man. Garfield, why? Do you not understand that everybody has bills to pay and you are putting people in a really dire situation here? It's disgusting. And there's more. Ay, ay, ay. Morna, thank you so much. Morna says, going through my phone and guess what? Crosstalk pop up with three people tuned in and the cold hard truth has 105. Boom. You know, everyone always sends me these messages. And in fact, someone yesterday posted on their Facebook page the exact same thing. They were like, only three people are watching. I have said it before and I'm going to say it again. I really feel sorry for Barry Quape because I think she has been put in an unconscionable position by management. Management of the compass don't have a clue what they're doing. They made a mistake and now they're having to pay the price of that mistake. I don't know, I think some of their listeners are here, but to be honest, we always had really good numbers even before this decision. So I don't think we've seen an, like a humongous jump, but we picked up a few people because I know Tracy was Woody's number one fan and she's not gonna touch um, the compass or rooster with a nine foot pole. So, but you know, Caymanians, they forget. So probably by next week, um, they'll be all right. But yeah, poor, poor, um, somebody said listening to her is like watching paint on the wall dry. Um, everybody has a different style, you know, and her style is a little bit more subdued perhaps. Um, yes. Thank you so much, Daisy. Irvelyn said the police need to find him, gather their evidence from everybody. He scam and throw his ass in jail, in prison. Yes, I agree. Ernesto, you're most welcome. Uh, these crooks know that they will not be caught and charged by the police, and that's why they do so. Um, Darlene, I absolutely agree with you that there is a degree of complacency with the RCIPS when it comes to these matters. And these scammers actually know this. And this is why I always say to people, I had a young man... Recently, a Filipino young man say to me, 
um, he had an employer who was not paying his pension, not paying his salary. This person owes him like over five grand in salary alone. And I don't know how much in pension because some people worked for her um, for some four years and never got a dime paid in pension. Now, the irony of it is this person is contemplating running for political office. And I would caution them about that because unfortunately, you're going to put us in a position here at CMR where we're going to have to talk about your suitability for public office. And if you can't run your own business affairs and you can't pay your bills, then guess what? You cannot run for public office until all of that is cleared up. So when this Filipino young man said to me, you know, Miss Sandy, I need your advice. What do I do? And I said, go to the labor department. That's why these government agencies are there. Police, labor, pension office. You file the complaints. That's what their job is. And he said, well, I filed the complaint. And then she promised that she was going to pay. And we agreed to a payment plan. And I withdrew my complaint. I'm like, what? No, 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 no. This is where these people think that they're smart. Withdrew your complaint? Why? You could have still entered into a payment plan and allowed the labor office to know that, you know what? She has agreed to pay, right? We have this written agreement now in place. So let's see um, what happens. But don't withdraw your complaint because there's always a time uh, of, you know, Time is going to run out on you. Complaints have to be made within a certain time period. And that's what she's counting on. She has made one payment of $450 to this Filipino young man on the thousands of dollars and back salary that he is owed. And it has gone no further. And there are others out there, other workers, not paid pension, not paid insurance, and folks, this is just wrong. Ay, 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 caramba. Huh? Let's talk about the um, legal process a little bit. It is entirely possible, folks, for a matter to be both a civil matter and a criminal matter. So you have some recourse to take them to civil court. Now, a lot of you, I think, are afraid of going to civil court because you don't understand the process. So I want to share with you something here. There is something called a summary court. Let me just pull it up. Um... I have both of them. Like I said, they're a little bit dated, but there's a summary court uh, guidebook here that will help you to work your way through the process. So let me just see if I can pull it up on screen. And folks, I want to be very clear. I have a law degree, but I'm not a lawyer. So at no point in time have I ever told anyone that I'm a lawyer. I just sat in law school and earned my law degree. And I used to work for a law firm. And I understand a little bit about the process. 
Now, to be fair, I have defended myself successfully, um, but that's criminal law. And I have also been a party to a number of civil um, lawsuits, which I have been successful with, I should say. So you got to know a little bit about the process, but I'm telling you, it's actually not that difficult, especially when it comes to civil court. So in the Cayman Islands, we're going to get a little bit of a legal lesson here this morning. Um, let us talk about uh, the court system. There are two courts. There is summary court and there is grand court. By the way, um, where is Mr. Alric? He, Alric is actually a lawyer, although he does not, uh, he does not practice, he's not a litigant, uh, not a litigant, he's not a litigator. So, you know, lawyers and under the UK system fall under a couple different things. Um, they can be litigators, barristers is what they call them in the UK. And then you've got non-barristers or attorneys at law. They do like all the corporate work. So they never see inside of a courthouse. They don't go to court. So they're like, um, <laughs> some people joke that they they get paid the, the good money and they kind of, um, you know, have the best of both worlds because then they're never bothered with um, having to, to go to court and that sort of thing. Um. So summary court, grand court, when it comes to civil cases, so you've got criminal cases, the people who bring the cases on the criminal side, that's the DPP's office, they're the prosecutors. So that is their responsibility. And um, that is their role. Let me just see here. And so on the civil side, technically, anybody can bring a case, you and your own standing can bring a case, as well as, um, you know, sometimes you're suing the government in a civil court case. So it's not always about money. Sometimes it's about what we call injunctive relief. So you want the court to say to this person, you need to stop doing this, or you need to do this or whatever. So there are those options that are available to you as well. So the ombudsman's office has put together something called a small claims handbook. And this handbook, folks, is extremely useful. I don't know. I'm just trying to have a quick look to see if they have updated it recently. Or uh, the last version I have was a number of years ago. I have the fourth edition. So let me see here. Um, yeah, I don't think that they've updated it since then, but believe me, nothing has changed from the fourth edition. So how to file in small claims court. So let us uh, open this up. It was the office of the complaints commissioner. Now it's the ombudsman's office, right? So I'm going to just show you guys. It comes in two parts, part one and part two. And there is something called the summary court rules. Now, the summary court rules is sort of like your guidebook um, from the courts. I mean, this, these are like rules that you have to follow. 
just like in grand court, their grand court rules. And it tells you all sorts of things. I'm not trying to make this overly complicated, but for example, if you wanted to sue someone for defamation, it would say, okay, in order to bring a lawsuit for defamation, you have to do it as a writ as opposed to whatever. And under section so-and-so of the grand court rules. So literally it is a rule book on this is how you do it. This is how you bring a lawsuit. Some types of lawsuit have a very specific way that they have to be handled. And the rules might say, after you file a lawsuit, you pay your fees, then you have to do this. You serve the defendant. After serving the defendant, he has he or she has 14 days to respond. So that's what the rules are. They just go through, everybody's on the same page. The court knows how this works. You know how it works. And the defendant knows how it works. So let's mystify the court system. I don't know why people are afraid of court. Um, as someone who's been there a lot, both in my own right and just ob observing what happens, I find that the judiciary here in the Cayman Islands is actually quite useful, especially in summary court. Lawyers get that a lot of people do not have, not lawyers, judges get that a lot of people do not have the money to retain an attorney because trust me, if someone owes you a couple thousand dollars and you go and hire a lawyer, by the time that you're done paying that lawyer, you ain't got no money left out of that couple thousand dollars that you're trying to recover. So I have helped elderly people, for example, even within my own family, go after people that owed them money, one successfully, and it wasn't really that difficult once you have all of your documentation in order. Um, so Irvin says, yes, that what, that's what he does. He keeps saying that he's coming, he's at the job site when he's not. Basically, he is a liar. Um, Silvestri says, Miss Sandra, and if the person makes you work and don't pay you, you can go to court. Well, here's the thing. No one here in the Cayman Islands should be making you work and not paying you. We do not have slave labor in the Cayman Islands. That's illegal. Okay. So don't let anybody fool you into thinking that, and in one instance, Audrey says, we know who she is. Well, you know what I most aggrieved at is a lot of her employers were Filipinos, Jamaicans. There was a Colombian lady, foreign nationals, who that has been somehow held over their head um, as ransom. And that is not right. I've heard their stories. I've heard her stories of her telling a Filipino, uh, Filipina young lady that, oh, you don't have any children back in the Philippines, so what do you need the money for? Girl, if somebody said that to me, really? I worked the hours, and legally, I am entitled to my money. Like I said, this is not slave labor of the 1600s, and what someone does with their money is none of your business. Just because someone does not have children does not mean that they don't have bills to pay. They may not have family back in the Philippines that they're taking care of. But even if she didn't, that's none of your business. You are her employer. She worked for you. Just pay her salary and pay her commission. And that wasn't being done. Yes, Chris, it is available for download. Um, anybody needs that, you can also just DM me your email address, and I'll be more than happy to send it to you. So let's have a look at it now. 
Small Claims Handbook. Here we go. Uh, this is the fourth edition 2010. So it's a little dated, but like I said, nothing has changed because the summary court rules have not been updated. So you can feel confident that despite this being a little bit outdated, um, it's still good material. So this is all of the stuff that it covers. Introduction to small claims. What are small claims? The summary court. Is the summary court right for you? Who can sue in summary court? Because there is a limit um, for summary court. So if it's more than $20,000, then let me see if I can enlarge this a little bit then summary court is not the right court for you. That becomes a grand court matter. Now, let me forewarn you, in grand court, things are a little bit more complex. The judges have less patience, and they always recommend that you get a lawyer if you can for a grand court matter because they don't fool around too much with giving you any exceptions. Okay? So... There you go. Lays out everything for you right here. What you need to do pre-trial. How you get ready for the trial. Chapter 5, post-trial if you won. How you drop the judgment, service of the judgment. How you determine assets. Because it's one thing to win. That's only half the battle, folks. You win the lawsuit. Then you need to find the money. And most people, like Mr. Garfield, are very good at hiding money. So they're always claiming that they're broke, but yet they can find a way to travel. Now, admittedly, Cayman is small, so I tell people, do your homework, find out where the money is. You got to find the money trail. Okay. Um, so let's look into this in a little bit more detail. All right. Oh, this is just the um this is just the cover bit by the way. Let me pull up the other one. Hold on one second. Yes. So, we need to look at handbook number 2. Um let me just see here. Part 2. Uh-huh. Let's increase the size on this so you can actually see it. So the first thing you will want to do, folks, is get all your documents together. So what are small claims? Basically, it is um, the lower court. So like I said, two courts. Um, there is summary court, grand court. We don't normally call it small claims under the English system, but I think most Americans are used to that term. So I think that's why they've used it here for your benefit. Um. And yes, it's not a whole lot of money, so you can definitely act on your own behalf. Grand court matters tend to get expensive. You have lawyers fighting it out. 
Um, summary court is ideal for these types of situations, like what you find yourself in with um, Garfield Rob. Mm -hmm. So it tells you that while small claim proceedings can settle uncomplicated disputes, and trust me, these matters are uncomplicated because um, it's very straightforward. You have the evidence, you got your receipts, you got your WhatsApp messages, print all that stuff out when you put your plaint together. You can easily prove that the money is owed. And in fact, you see him admitting, yes, I'm going to pay it. He just never pays it. So this is an ideal case for that sort of thing. If it's not over $20,000, begin the process. They tell you that there are some exemptions. Of course, uh, anyone under the age of 18 is considered a minor under the Cayman's law. So you cannot be involved in filing litigation against them and so on. Um, what kind of claims can be filed? Breach of a written or oral contract, which is what this is. So that's number one. Let me see if I can increase the size just a little bit more. There we go. Uh, return of money used as a down payment. Again, perfect example. Um, property damage caused by a motor vehicle accident. Mm -hmm. Damage to property. In fact, I'm going to be filing a lawsuit myself here shortly. Now that I'm reading through this and thinking about it, the police have the matter. And like I said, sometimes a matter can be both criminal, criminal and, um, civil. And what you end up happening, what ends up happening? Let me, let me just explain this bit to you, right? In a criminal proceeding. So say, for example, you get in a car accident, someone hits your car, they vandalize your car, that sort of thing. That is a criminal offense for sure, without a doubt. So the prosecution, will, the police will put together their file, send it to the prosecution. They will determine um, whether or not to pursue charges, right? Now, in criminal court, the bar that they have to prove stuff is a little bit higher than in a civil court. There is nothing stopping you from having two cases at the same time. So the DPP can be moving forward with uh, criminal allegations and a criminal case. And you can decide from the same circumstances, the same set of facts, you can then decide to pursue a civil case as well. Nothing wrong with it, folks. Just do it. So even if someone damages your property in a motor vehicle accident, that could be a criminal um, matter for the police in a DPP's office. And sometimes what people do is they will sit back and wait for the outcome of the criminal case in order for the authorities to then say, or the judge to then say, oh, I'm also going to issue a compensation order as part of the criminal proceedings. But be warned that criminal proceedings normally tend to take a lot more time and that is the danger in trying to go through the process that way, right? Start your civil proceedings, folks. Um, consumer complaints for defective merchandise or faulty workmanship. So this is another area in which you can sue in a civil court. Obtaining payment for work performed or in this case, for work not performed is what it should really be saying. Claims based on bad checks. 
So somebody writes you a bad check, it might be fraud, but there's also a civil matter here. Irvlin says the bartenders at Everglow can tell you where the money goes. You know, it's even more egregious when you hear um, things like that, because it's not like this man is uh, using the money for anything good. Apparently traveling and going to a bar um, is the highlight of his life. Claims for back rent, return of a tenant security deposit. Now we get this one a lot because a lot of uh, landlords, let me put some of you on blast out there, believe that you can do wrong by people and refuse to give them their money back. Hmm. A security deposit is just what it says, a security deposit. You're actually supposed to place a security deposit in escrow and an escrow account where you do not touch it. What ends up happening 99.9% of the time is these rogue landlords you know, are doing all sorts of stuff and um, they think that they can spend your money as soon as they get it in their grabby little hands. And then when it comes time months or years later for you to move out, they want to find every excuse in the book as to why they're not going to return your security deposit. And if it's not a legitimate excuse, there should be no reason for you to forfeit your security deposit, take them to court. Most of the times it's thousands of dollars. There is a time period, folks, and this is where you need to understand that you do not have forever. So if you sit back and you wait and you wait and you wait to bring your case, you're only doing a disservice to yourself. So in law, this time limit is called the cause of action. And depending on what it is, the clock starts ticking at different times. So for example, for bad debt, it's like seven years. And in the, I believe it might be in the summary court rules, it'll actually specify what the time limit is, or it might be the limitations law, because there is such a thing as a limitations law. I think that's actually where it is. Um, let me just see if I have the limitations law on my computer. You, you guys know I have a lot of stuff on my computer. Limitations law. Um, so it could be that the limitations law is uh, where that is. But the limitations law tells you specifically uh, seven years for a bad debt, you know, three years for this, whatever for personal injury limitations law. So you've got to know that there is a statute of limitation. So for a tort, which is like a personal injury situation, it's six years from the date of damage. So again, this is where it becomes important. You got to know a little bit. So from the date of the damage, so if something happens today and your vehicle gets damaged today, your house gets damaged, that's tort. That's normally civil, certain areas of civil, personal injury. Um, six years from the date of the damage, three years for personal injury, 
or if a motor vehicle caused the damage. So you don't have forever, folks. Contracts for breach of contract, which is what this is with um, Mr. Rob, there's a six-year from the date of the breach. So from the moment you start seeing that this man ain't paying you your money and the job is not done, that becomes the date of the breach, folks, and you've got six years from then. But it doesn't, it doesn't make sense for you to wait because the chances are he is not going to be paying you your money. So Anna makes a fair point, and you're not supposed to live off the deposit. Thank you for hitting some good topics. You're welcome. And I don't know what is wrong with landlords, but they don't seem to get it. They think that they can live off the deposit money. Again, stealing from Peter to pay Paul. And they figure, oh, by the time this person moves out, I'll have the money back in place. Well, that never seems to happen. And it's unfortunate because the truth of the matter is um, people are always, like when you're bad with money, you need professional help. It's like any other issue that you have. You need counseling. You need professional help. So yesterday we saw Miss Joy was mentioning on the show that she has a renter who owes her money for many, many years. And this person is flossing all over Facebook, talking about their high life, traveling, withdrawing pension money, doing the most. Those people don't think about you. They don't think about, oh, yeah, poor little Miss Joy, who I rented from years ago. Um, I actually owe her money. Perhaps I should think about paying that money back. They're not business. None at all. <sighs> so be mindful of your time limits. Um, fraudulent breach of trust. There's no limitation period. Claims for recovery of land. So you got to wake up on this one. It's 12 years from the date when the right accrued and 30 years if the claim is against the crown. So if against the government, they give you a lot more time. Claims against the crown in general, one year. So if you want to sue the government, folks, pay attention. You got one year in which to do it. You do not have a lot of time. So in the civil division, the civil division is called summary court. This is where you would bring this type of dispute. Okay, very good. All right. Um, so it gives you some alternatives, you know, trying to settle it, being calm and objective. You can do what's called a letter before action, which we saw recently used by the, um, the uh, what's this association called? The um, police association. They recently did that. So check that out, folks. That's an option. So in other words, you contact this person and you say, listen, um, in a formal way, you write them a letter. Um, some people get a lawyer to do it. You don't necessarily need a lawyer to do it. But you say to them, I am thinking about suing you. And um, I think it would be in your best interest to save costs, et cetera, that we settle this matter. And maybe you think to yourself, if they decide to settle it, what am I willing to settle for? Sometimes you just want all your money. Because if they go to court and they lose, you're actually, they are, my apologies, going to be on the hook, not just for the money that they owe you, but for your court costs as well. So there's sample forms in the handbook. 
that um, will show you what your filings should look like. The summary court rules are available. It tells you here that you can go to the LA and get a copy. Folks, all of this stuff is available online for free. So don't waste your money when you don't have to. I mean, I know it's only $7.20, they said, but it's free online. So the actual document that you're going to be filing with the courts is called a plaint. It's called the plaint. And this is if you're bringing a claim for the payment of a debt or damages, you will need to file a plaint. And the plaint comes in a standard form. So if we go to form number one, and the forms are at the back of this booklet. I'm just going to fast forward real quick. Um, so in the back of the booklet now, it lays out, um, where's the plaint? Uh, that's notice of appeal. Um, da, 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 da. So these are all the different forms. Like it gives you examples of the forms. So you can just come here. This is notice of trial date. So sometimes the plaint will have more than one document attached to it. So make sure that you have all of this stuff ready. I think this is going to be the plaint here now. Well, that's This is part of it. Default judgment, interlocutory. What's the final default judgment? I think the very first one, application for default judgment. So these are the forms. Like when you put them together, this is what they should look like. So you'll get issued a cause number um, by the court. So um, where's the point? Anyway, it's in this booklet. I think this is it now that we're coming to. Because, yes, you have to attach this acknowledgement of service where the person says if they're going to defend it or not. That goes together with your plaint. So here you go. This is it. This is the plaint. Okay? So you fill it out just like this. You type this up. And you don't have to do these boxes. You can just say between you are the plaintiff because you're the one bringing the lawsuit. And whoever it is you're suing, they are the defendant. And you put all their information there, the above named defendant, within 14 days of service, right, including the day of service, you must either satisfy the claim or return to the court the accompanying acknowledgement of service. So the person has to acknowledge that they were served this plaint and there are rules about service that you should be a little bit familiar with. Um, you can have a bailiff. You can hire someone. They're private um, process servers that will make sure that the person you're suing actually gets the document. So feel free to um, either do it yourself or have someone do it on your behalf. But whoever does it has to swear an affidavit saying that the person has been served at such and such a location, at such and such a time. This document um, here, this booklet is 81 pages, but it is full of a lot of useful information, folks. So all of the sample forms are in there for your benefit. So you fill it out. The cause number will actually be issued when you go to the court because before you can serve them, you type up your plaint, you're gonna put all of the particulars of your claim. So in paragraph form, almost like a little affidavit. 
on such and such a date, I um, pay this person $3,900 deposit on a job of, I, I'm guessing it was like a $7,000 job, right? The work was to be completed by such and such a date. Numerous attempts to collect a bad debt didn't happen. Um, you know, you, you basically lay out the facts, if you will. But the cause number, which is would be SC because it's summary court, grand court is GC, is something that the court issues. So they start with every single year, they start with the number one. So whoever gets to the court first on January the 2nd, and they file the very first lawsuit, they become cause number one in grand court and summary court and whatever, right? And there's now also the financial division and so on. So they will file, um, they will, you know, fill that information out when you go to the cashier's office to pay your fee. So you're the plaintiff, the other person's the defendant. It's very well written. Um, Frederick says, how is the judgment or default judgment enforced if the defendant still doesn't pay? Well, you, you have to go back to court, uh, Frederick, and attempt to get the court to help you enforce it. And there are different mechanisms that they can use, including jail, but they never do that. I mean, you never hardly see a court send someone to jail for bad debt. Um, what they will attempt to do, and you have to help the court in this regard, is ascertain what assets the person has. What money? Do they have a job? And if they have a job and they work for people like government or a decent employer, sometimes you can garnish their wages. So you can have the court go directly to the employer to make them pay. That's what they do with child support. Think about it. So you can get a garnishy order and you can force them to pay. But it is difficult. It's easy, in my opinion, to win a case, a civil case, because the facts are very, very much clean, uh, clean and straight. And, you know, you got all your little evidence and stuff. But to enforce a judgment becomes a little bit more tricky. And there are people who will do the most to avoid enforcement. They claim, oh, they're not working. They're not getting a job. So you got to be a little private investigator of your own and be on top of them like white on rice, I'm telling you. So you do their um, address, date of issue, particulars of the claim, so that's all the details. You know, so you'll say this is the money and what it was for, the who, what, when, and where, that's your particulars of claim. The amount that you're claiming, you pray for relief at the bottom with interest. So it says that you're um, able to apply for simple interest at a rate prescribed by the court. Cost. So you can do fixed costs of 150. Your filing fee, by the way, for summary court plaint is only $25. So it's not a whole lot of money to get the ball rolling. Summary court is very, very affordable. It's when you get to grand court that then it's like $200 to file. And every single time you file a defense or you file other documentation in grand court, they really make you pay. Larry says, I worked as a process server in New York for 10 years and testified about 50 times. I felt uh, they should play circus music. The outcome was based on who was more believable, not necessarily the truth. Well, that is why having documentary evidence is so incredibly important. Because you become believable when you can show 
here's this document. Here's a voice note of this man. We got him on recording saying, I owe you this money and I'm going to pay it. Here's all of the pictures. Here's the receipt dated August the 7th of 2019, showing an initial payment of $2,000, followed up by another one for $1,900. Miss Joy, big shout out to Miss Joy, Cayman's wedding expert. If you need to get married, which by the way is a contract that you're entering into, speak to Miss Joy. She is your go-to person for that contractual arrangement. She'll help you navigate the waters at Simply Weddings, right there on, oh, I was going to say the waterfront, but she's no longer there. She is in, Miss Joy, remind me of the name of the building now. Oh, I'm picturing the building, but I can't remember the name. Chestnut, Chestnut Building, um, right across almost from Pasadora Place. It's the new building that kind of run, it, it runs like this way, long ways. Um, so Miss Joy is saying that her son, Brett Basteo, actually wrote this booklet. Not sure if he was ever given the credit for it. He's working for the Complaints Commission. What child, honey, you know, when you work for government, you get no credit for nothing. So no, he did not get credit for it. And I never knew that. So big up uh, to Brett Basteo, one of her own. Good job. He actually wrote this. But yes, the Ombudsman's office claims it for themselves with their logo on it. Uh, good morning, Melita. Um, Allison says that she just printed it. Good for you, Allison. Go sue somebody. That's what the courts are for. Irvlin, thank you for the useful information. You're most welcome. Joy, good morning again. Chestnut Center. That is where um, she's at. And she has a beautiful wedding chapel there, a little area for the bride and groom to get ready. And she knows all the ins and outs. Because remember, getting married, folks, it is a legal contract. And you better know what you're doing. It's easy to get into and a little bit harder to get out of. So take your time and speak to a marriage expert uh, like Miss Joy. She will assist you. So you do your acknowledgement of service. You file your plate. You got to do payment. All of the details are here, folks. It tells you how to avoid mistakes that a lot of people run into. Um, there is a legal requirement that the plaint be served personally on the defendant. And that means that normally they have to be here in this jurisdiction. If there's some reason why you can't serve it on them personally, and that means it has to be done face-to-face, um, then there may be uh, ways to, to kind of get around that. So if a person refused service, this is good. It says it's possible that a defendant might refuse to accept the plaint, in which case it is sufficient to leave it with uh, that person. So sometimes you drop it at their feet. You don't have to hand it to them. I mean, they may not want to take it in their hand. Uh, there's been a lot of litigation around what constitutes legal service. If it's a company and they have a registered address, you have to serve it at that registered office. So a lot of times that's different from a physical office because remember now, um, if the company is a registered company, they have an obligation to also have um, a registered office when they file the corporate documents with that government department. Now, let me say this. A lot of you are in business 
And uh, good morning, Selena. You decide to um, set up a business and you're like, oh yeah, I got a great business idea. Mm-hmm. They're a dime a dozen, believe me you. And um, you set up shop and you think, oh, this is easy. I only have to pay the filing fee, $75 for a business license. Hmm. Well, why not? And I'm just going to be Sandra Hill trading as ABC Exquisite Fashions. When you're trying to save money, that's the easy way out. You put in your business license and three, four weeks, you got your license approved and bam, you're good to go. However, a little word of caution from your non-lawyer here. When you decide to do business as yourself, trading as, and then you give it a trading as name, be careful because you are the company. So debt incurred by the company is actually you. Somebody wants to sue the company. It's not a registered company. It is you. Your assets are commingling. So you don't have a separate bank account. You better start thinking smart, folks. Be very, very careful. It is worth your while to register your company and have your company have a separate legal identity than you yourself as a person. You can protect personal assets, such as the family home, your vehicle, so on and so forth. The company has assets and shares and whatever of its own. It's a little bit more complicated, folks, but this is where um, if you've ever been sued, you understand the significance and the importance of the company having its own corporate personality, its own legal personality. We got Mr. Alric. Sir Alric has joined us. Good morning, Alric. Good morning. We're doing a little consumer show today, trying to help people navigate the water waters of the summary court. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're sharing this valuable information. I, I, I wish I was a litigator, you know? Yes, I was telling people earlier that you're not. You're not that type of lawyer. Um, so... Alric does paperwork shifting <laughs> as a lawyer. So service by a bailiff. So you can get the services um, of the court bailiff, but normally they're very, very busy. And you can also hire a private process server. And the bailiff has fixed fees. Service in Georgetown is $30. West Bay is $50. Bodden Town, $60, and so on. And you can even get service in Cayman Brack and Little Cayman. So check it out, folks. It's easy information. Um, oh, yes, Ms. Joy reminds us. And by the way, we need to have you on the program, Ms. Joy, to talk about this. She also does civil unions. So remember now, as a result of the um, civil, domestic civil partnership law, I forgot eventually what it was called because it went through a couple changes. Um, you are able to get legally joined together without actually getting married. So it's a different, it's kind of like getting married, but not really, but there's still, it's still a legal process and you still have to know what you're doing. And Ms. Joy is the expert in terms of that. And there are benefits that you can get now uh, when you enter into a civil partnership. So the civil partnership law is there for you. Um, and it's not just to benefit same sex couples, by the way, there are those of you who, I don't know why, you may not believe in marriage, but you might believe in a civil partnership. You've been living with somebody for donkey years. You're like, eh, 
let's just enter into a civil partnership because it does offer you some protections, especially when it comes to assets and that sort of thing, benefits, heaven forbid the person passes away and whatever, right? And it allows you to make certain decisions, I think, on their behalf in terms of like health. So Miss Doreen says, I'm watching with you all. Thank you, Miss Doreen. Ervalyn says, good morning to Alric. Senor Alric is here in the house, folks. Thursday is normally his day to pop in. Um, some days, you know, he has a lot to say. Alric, um, how has your new year been? Uh, new year has been good. So um, what, we, what we've been focusing on over the past two weeks is the registration. Yes. Uh, so over the past couple of days, we've gone through uh, a lot of the big apartment complexes in, on South Sound Road, uh, being uh, San Sebastian, uh, Plantation, Chimes, Windsor Lakes, um, Palms. Uh, so the purpose of this exercise is to make sure that if, if there are any individuals within the household who are not registered, that we bring those registration forms to their homes and assist them with their paperwork to get registered, or if they have changed their occupation or address, we also bring those forms. So there's five of us in our team that is going around house to house. And today we'll, we'll be going to Denham Thompson and probably Flowers Apartments. So, and, and then this will continue on Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So we, we'll be trying to get to almost every home in Georgetown South um, trying to make sure that people are reminded of their entitlement to to register to vote and get their names on a register for um for the next elections. I mean, Sandy, you'd be so surprised that there are people who have a status letter mm -hmm. who who don't who think that they can't vote. So it's very interesting. So we we came across this issue um, uh, this week. Uh, because we, we were explaining that if you want to register and you have a status letter, mm -hmm. what you have to submit is a copy of the status letter, a copy of your ID, and your birth certificate. Mm -hmm. This one couple was very surprised um, because uh, the lady didn't know that she could submit her status letter and other documents in order to register to vote. And I, I was I was very surprised that um, this information is, is not communicated in a way that everyone understands their entitlement to register to vote. Um, the, I mean, I, I think Caymanians understand oh, their, their entitlement to vote under the constitution, but it seems like new Caymanians are unaware or, or some new Caymanians are unaware that once they have that status letter and their other documentation in place, that they can register to vote. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if you, well, well, I, I see you just shared on your screen the documentation required mm -hmm. for, di for different categories of people. Yes. That, that, is, that is so important because it, it seems that there's some people who are, who are unaware. Um, so part of this exercise we're doing is to remind people that, yes, you do have that entitlement, you know, if, if you are in one of those categories you just shared. Um, so I, it's, we want as many people as possible on the voter registration, voter registration list because 
people say that they want to see a change mm-hmm. in order for you to see a change, then you have to be a part of the process. So if you want someone to represent your interests, then you need to first put your name on that registration list to put yourself in a position to support that person who supports your interests. If you don't put your name on the list and if you don't show up at the the polls on on election day, what's going to happen is someone else is going to choose the representative for you. And, and I can't stress that, stress, stress that enough. Someone else is going to choose your representative for you. So it's very important that people, number one, register to vote, put their name on their register, and all of your documentation. So number one, your documentation can be found on elections.ky. Elections.ky. Mm-hmm. So you go to forms and it's form four. That's the voter registration form. Yep. yep. And the documents that are required are the ones you just shared on your screen. Uh, it's a very straightforward process. Once you have your documents together and your completed form, you can simply email them into info at elections.ky. Mm-hmm. Very straightforward. At least- I mean, to be honest, there's not a whole lot of documents that are required. Most in most instances, it's like three things. So it seems like a very straightforward process. It, it is very straightforward, you know, Sandy. And one of the things that we found going around as a team in Georgetown South is that some young people feel discouraged. Mm-hmm. They feel let down by their government. They feel like, you know, the same thing's going to happen every four years because you have special interests who are in control of the government. So there are a lot lot of young people in Cayman that, you know, they're very smart, you know, they they want a future in Cayman, but the way the government has been run over the years doesn't seem to look out for for our young people. Mm. Look at property, for example, an affordable home these days, a new affordable home is gonna run you around Mm $300,000. Imagine a young person that probably didn't go to university and or, or didn't go to a trade school and so can't command a high salary. Um, can, can, you, can you imagine the difficulty in them qualifying for a home for $300,000? It's, it's going to be a very difficult process. And so this is one of the issues that we have that's facing young people is that Will they be able to afford property in the Cayman Islands going forward? You know, I I wonder if it's the plan of the government to create some 10-story ghettos, you know, like you see in other countries, you know, they have these areas they call the projects in other countries Mm -hmm. where poor people live. Mm -hmm. I want a plan for our young people because, I mean, my plan would be to see that there is equality of opportunity in this country and coming out of, you know, COVID coming out of lockdown, there should have been a plan where we figure out what the, what the growth plan is, what, what the estimated growth, what estimated activity is in every one of these sectors. And 
we should have made a plan so that people that are coming back from university on scholarships that are finishing university or people that have been given scholarships for the first time, we should have made sure that they are linked with jobs in Cayman or prospective projects that are meant to happen in Cayman in the future. There should be a clear link between our people and the available jobs. And there should be a clear link between the demand for those jobs and the amount of training that has been offered to Caymanians, both at trade schools and other types of training. You know, we, we need a government that actually thinks ahead and plans these things and links what our students are doing with the demands in all the sectors. I, I don't see why it's so hard. If we can find hundreds of people for a nice program, which occurs at Christmas and summer every year, to clean our streets and you know to, to do street work. If we can find, if the government can make the effort mm-hmm. to find to clean streets for two weeks every summer and every Christmas, they can find they can make the same effort to make sure that immigration law is followed, to make sure that there's a proper training program and all of these companies, to make sure that if there's a qualified Caymanian, that Caymanian is considered for the position, to make sure that if a Caymanian is not considered for the position, that a valid explanation is given and that Caymanian is simply not bypassed. You know, we, we need a government that enforces the law. So getting back to the point about voter, voter registration, if you want to see a change, if you want to see a group of persons working as a team that are going to make sure that the law is enforced, then you need to participate in the process, the voting process. You need to register to vote and you need to actually show up on election day to cast your vote for the person that you think will act in the best interest of the Cayman Islands and who will act in your best interest as well. Thank you so much for that. Um, Tracy makes a good point here. She says that we saw with COVID so many people that had the right to vote but not have access to technology. The older people of Cayman didn't realize that they have the right. And again, sad to say, not the education or access. And this is a real concern, Tracy. And I want to talk about this just a little bit on the program this morning because This is something that even with the format that I'm using here on CMR, I struggle with because I do know, especially as you rightfully said, Tracy, a lot of the older people might be missing out on this platform. And I think some of them have now given up on Cayman Crosstalk. So what else are they listening to? I guess there's always Radio Cayman, which is a government controlled um, radio station. So they may not be getting the cold hard truth over on that station. Um, so what I, I mean, I've, I've kind of struggled, like some people have said to me, you know, figure out a way to get on radio. To me, that's going backwards for what we do here. That's old technology. I think what we need to do instead is somehow to get older people to embrace the technology that's available to them and to show them how they can easily access a show, um, at any given time. They don't even have to watch it live. Maybe in the morning, some of these older folks want to sleep in. And they want to rest a little bit. And there are options available to them. Alric, I had an idea uh, sometime last night, late into the night, as ideas sometimes come to me, I swear. I should try sleeping better when night comes. (laughs) Sleeping more, I should say. But 
You know, Miss Georgette is one of those people that really loved came and crosstalk. And I don't know, um, you know, whether or not she's still tuned in. I don't know if you guys can tell me because obviously I'm not listening. I'm doing my show here. But I was thinking to myself, there has to be a way that we can um, get to Miss Georgette and um, help her to basically tune into this program. Maybe she needs a smartphone and just a little bit of help on how to use it. I'm not really sure. But um, I had funny enough mentioned Woody and I said, give me Miss Georgette's number. I think I had it from before, just in case it may have changed. Let me get her number because I'm going to call her today and I want to go see her to see how we can work something out. Now, mind you, I've got other people saying to me, hey, I've got a 79 year old mom and she loves your show. She's always tuned in. She watches it later on, whatever. So I do know that there are some elderly persons who know, they figured it out. They know how to do it, but I think there's still a lot who haven't. And so Tracy's comment just reaffirmed what I was thinking in the early morning hours today about, um, you know, that Mr. Georgette is just one individual, but I think we need to do a broader um, campaign, if you will, of showing people just like you can get the small claims booklet folks for free. It's available online. You can download it. You can print it off. You can put it in your little binder. Um, no one should be trying to hoard information. Information and knowledge should be free for all of us. It is just your willingness to embrace it. And sometimes you have to have a discerning spirit, obviously, about the source of your information and knowing when something is a good source or a bad source. And, you know, but the information is there. There's no law anymore that you have to pay for. It's all available online. Um, I was just reading El Ray. You guys know he cracks me up, right? So he was, he just posted something where he said, it's kind of tongue in cheek for sure. But he said, wow, look at CMR crosstalk viewership has doubled this morning to six people listening. But what I take away from that, they had on travel time. Do you know how many months I have been reaching out to Dr. Garcia with travel time to get them on the program? We have invited the governor. There's an open invitation to any government department from the police all the way down. Instead of me having to sit here and decipher information from the public, Dr. Lee has been invited. They've all refused to come on because I guess this current government has said to them, ignore CMR. You know, they want us to put information out there so they're going to send us the press releases. But when it comes to really talking to the people of this country, they seem like they are not prepared and willing to do that. And it's really unfortunate because we can easily on any given morning have hundreds of people tuned in live to this program compared to three or six people on Cayman Crosstalk. Are you really trying to reach the people, government? Dr. Lee, Dr. Garcia, are you sure you're really trying to talk to the people? Because if you are, I hate to tell you, but you're not going to the right forums to do so. So that's why come May the 26th, I'm telling you all, you need to make better decisions. Now, there is rumors afoot on the political arena. You guys know that Alric is running for Georgetown South? No. Yes. Georgetown South? Yes, South, yeah. Oh, I always want to put you in North. North is Joey Q and probably Johan Moxham, but Johan is not officially declared yet, so we're still waiting on that to happen. But there are rumors afoot, and as you guys know, as your election headquarters, Folks, um, we're going to be here to give you the full sus. So like I said, by today, I'm probably going to announce at least three more persons who are coming out who will be running. 
Um, but the people who have already declared, uh, we've got Savannah, um, Malcolm Eden, Malcolm, where are you? You should be talking to the people. The people need to hear your voice. Um, we've got the young lady, Jean Williams, Gina Williams. Gina, where are you? The people are waiting. You know, all of these candidates, Jay from Northside, you've now officially declared. When you officially declared, you need to hit the ground running and people want to hear from you, folks. I'm telling you, you're doing yourself a real disservice by waiting until nomination day to let the people start hearing from you. We get that nothing is official until nomination day, which by the way, Alric, when is nomination day? Uh, it's end of March. Um... Yeah, just check that for us and let us confirm. So we get that you know nothing is, is concrete until nomination day when they pay their thousand dollars, they're ready to go. But in the meantime, the people still trying to figure out who the heck you are, especially if you've never been involved in the community before. They want to put you to the test. They would like to hear what topics and issues are important to you and um, what your vision is for this country. What kind of Cayman Islands do you envision? Because I sure hope to God that your vision of this country is different than this. Tell me the truth now. If your vision is no different than this, then we don't want you come May 2021. You're getting three months severance pay even if you don't get elected. That law's already passed, folks. This is on the back of the hardworking people of this country. We were talking about scammers this morning at the beginning of the show, and I wonder if some of these politicians are not the biggest scammers ever. They get convicted of assaulting women. They continue to get pension, full health insurance, salaries, expenses paid, another $5,000 for the management of their office, offices, staff. They get to live a luxurious life by all accounts. And meanwhile, you and I are out here hustling 24-7 just to keep the lights on. And there they are sitting on the beach. Cheers, Mac. We did it again. With the money bag and the pot of gold. And there's a poor little victim who was assaulted viciously, unprovoked, in the background, crying her tears out for some real justice. Nomination day, Alric? Uh, what what I'll do is um it's thirty first of March. Okay. But, um, I'm gonna email you the program so you can share it with your viewers. Okay. So that you right now, so everyone can see the full program. Um, Beulah wants to know what options the people have if they're disabled and can't go out to vote. Miss Beulah, give me one minute because the elections office is also another office. Um that we have reached out to. And they have not uh, responded. Um, Mr. Franz Manderson, we have spoken to him and we have requested um, a response to our email for an invite from the elections office. And we have not yet had that. And that was last year. I'm getting so sick and tired of, by the way, let me just go back. Let me go back. Elections office has been invited. We have sent questions to the, um, let me just see. We've sent questions to the travel time people, which have remained unanswered. 
They claimed that they needed uh, to get legal advice to answer questions. Let me just see if I can follow up on that because we're still waiting. It's like, give me a break here, folks. Like seriously, it shouldn't be that difficult to get information. We'll follow up with um, GIS to see if they ever got the legal advice that they were looking for and when we could potentially expect an answer. I mean, this has been months and months and months and months that this question was actually sent through and um, nothing yet. Yeah. Still nothing. I mean, it, it's disheartening. You know what I mean? Let me just see if I can get a fix on a, when we might actually hear from them in that regard. So there's a lot of questions out there, folks. There are definitely a lot of concerns that we have. Um, we would like to get it from the source. You know, they want to claim that sometimes we get it wrong. And of course we do. But, you know, it would be helpful if the source of the information would be willing to come on CMR and talk directly to the people. Alric, yeah. your take on, on this ongoing issue that we have with government just wanting to ignore the, the call of the people um, to come on this platform, which obviously you cannot deny um, that people are watching us. And I'll, I'll prove it to you because not that I think I need to. And some of you may be thinking to yourselves that this is a recent event, but in fact, our numbers, so this is Al Ray. He makes me chuckle. Um, basically saying again that now this morning they had all of six people tuned into the show. What a record. And we know that the numbers have definitely dropped from where they were with Woody. But we believe in complete transparency here in the program. And if we had to be honest, even the numbers with Woody, we were often tripling, quadrupling, and sometimes five times the number of viewers on a daily basis. And I'm not telling you guys this in order to um, toot my own horn. I'm only saying this to you because it's the truth, number one. And if government is minded to really reach the people of this country, here are our numbers. Um, we don't look at these videos that we just share, like the short videos. But look at this video that we did about vaccine updates and Caribbean Connection Wednesdays. That was a week ago. 4.3 thousand views. The one with uh, the National, Tra uh, National Trust tenant. 7.2 thousand views. The day that we were there when the vaccines came out for the BA flight, over 16,000 views. You know, and our programs go over two hours and people are watching it. 4.4 thousand views. The one about the legislative assembly ripping us off and taking our hard earned money, paying themselves severance pay. That one had almost four and a half thousand views. And then you can go, you can do this check yourself. You can go on Cayman Crosstalk and you can see for yourself. I mean, obviously their numbers have dropped now. They barely get in 400 people. Uh, one day she had 1.6. I'm not sure what the topic was that day, but she did okay that day. The day before 700 views, the day before that 394, 411. So no one's watching is the bottom line uh, anymore for sure. But even if we went back and historically viewed the numbers, 
we could see that the numbers were never stellar. I think what they were doing is they probably had maybe more people listening. I don't know. Because you cannot, um, for the record, you cannot monitor um, how many people you actually have listening to a radio station. Nobody can tell you that they are the number one listened radio station or radio content because, in fact, there is no effective way of managing or of verifying that information. So when people tell you that, that is simply a marketing ploy. So again, let me show you because I believe in sharing information with the people and there's absolutely no reason why the people should not have access to full information. You can go to Cayman Crosstalk. This is their Facebook page. So you can click on home. And then if you go under more, you have the option to select videos. And then it's going to show you when you do that, just the videos. And then you can scroll down and it tells you. This morning, she had 193 people so far. The good thing about Facebook is people can go back, so that'll probably increase. But it'll show you the actual numbers. Let me increase this, because I don't think this is even at 100%. You probably can't see that very well. So let's enlarge it, right? The numbers don't lie. Facebook actually does a stellar job, folks, of sharing analytical information with anybody. So a week ago, she had 400 views. The day that she had the governor on, only 395 views. The governor normally pulls a lot of people, so I was shocked by that. But, you know, it is what it is. One day here. Um, let me just kill that pop-up. So folks, you can check it out for yourself, but even four weeks ago, 604 views, one day they had 1,000 views, 807 views, 743 views, 700, 700. So the average was between, eh, maybe six, 700 people. <sighs> These pop-ups keep coming up. You can go back forever and look at the numbers. And then to test what I'm telling you, so um, I'm not sure who this person was that day. Um, is that a politician? The head looks like, I think that's Alva actually. 492 views the day that Alva was on. You know, none of these are particularly impressive, but let's, let's go to Cayman Carl Road. And you can do the exact same thing, folks. Just go to Cayman Mall Road. There it is. Keep in mind that they have at least 10,000 more likes than we do. So they have more people that their content should reach um, on the compass side, I should say. And you come down the page. Again, you click on more. You go to videos. And so my question for the government is how genuine are you really about reaching the people in this country? Well, this, this video was an anomaly. This video had over close to 90,000 views, but we don't count these videos when we're looking at this because that's just a fun video, right? Um, so we're talking about just the talk show videos and you'll see again, a stark difference. 
Yesterday, we had 6.7 thousand views on the Scammer Alert Show. That was on, um, this one was Wednesday morning. So this one, I think, would have been Tuesday night. Uh, Tuesday night, yes. 6.7 thousand views for that show. This was Tuesday morning. We had 5.7 thousand. Uh, Monday show, 4.9 thousand. The right-of-way dispute, over 13,000 people have viewed that. Let me zoom out just a tad here. So this is a cold hard truth, folks. People don't have to um, tell you anything. Sabrina's video, 12.4 thousand views. You guys are very interested in hearing from Sabrina. We talked about uh, the vaccine, 3.8 thousand. So um, your take on, on this, Alric, what do we have to do here at CMR to get government to understand that the people are waiting to hear directly from them? Sandy, the people are waking up. One of the reasons that people are waking up in Cayman is that COVID-19, the lockdown, that all brought people to, to the bottom, you know, I was telling someone the other night that COVID-19 is not like Hurricane Ivan. Hurricane Ivan, we know how to get around. We know how to rebuild. COVID-19, we didn't know anything about this virus. There was a lot of uncertainty. People were in fear and the government played on that fear. So to, to get to the point here, people are waking up. People mm -hmm. are realizing that the government is deliberately creating a negative picture of media and who can be relied on in the media. So basically, if the, if the government is advertising with you and you're making money from the government, you're probably unlikely to take a negative lean or negative stance towards the government. What has happened here is, let, let's look at the different areas in parliament. When we hear the speeches from the ministers in parliament, we hear things like this online media blog uh, and their guests are talking foolishness, they're talking rubbish. That is not a way to refer to transparent media that is engaging the public. Cayman Mall Road is engaging the public. From young to old, listen to Cayman Mall Road whether or not they admit it in public. There are a lot of people who listen to Kevin Mile Road, but, will, but won't say that they do. And they listen because number one, Kevin Mile Road gets it first. Kevin Mile Road tells it exactly how it is, tells the story how it is. It doesn't tell a story in, in the favor of any particular person and, and try to spin the story a different way. It tells the story how it is. And that's what the government is afraid of. The government is afraid of the truth getting to the people. And the, the people only want the truth. The people want to know who it is that is governing them. So that's number one. You see that those negative comments towards the media from our own politicians within parliament that is discouraging people from speaking out, that is driving fear into people. Number two, we see that you know some, some of the media has now gone online and now you have to subscribe. 
So not everyone has access to Wi-Fi or internet. I know that because when we went through helping people during the lockdown, we found many people who didn't have Wi-Fi, didn't have internet, and that's what caused kids to not be able to participate in their schoolwork. And that's why we also try to assist with the laptops and work with other people to make sure children had those laptops and had internet access. So we, we have segments of the population that now that some media is online, only available online, some people are unable to access that. Of course, that's easily resolved if the government would just ensure that internet is more affordable or internet in poor communities is provided if, if reasonable Wi-Fi access or free Wi-Fi access is provided in some poor communities, we would have wider access to some of the online media and that would resolve some of the issues that some of the online media platforms are experiencing. Um, the, the, the other issue is that some people aren't aware of their constitutional right of freedom of expression. This should be encouraged rather than discouraged. Hmm. So if you're watching this show, you need to understand that you do have a constitutional right of freedom of expression and you should express your views. And then the other issue we have is when we come to the, like the, the, the largest voting block in this country, the, the civil, civil servants, it's like the civil servants are being shut down. Like you as a civil servant, it seems like you can't even like a post, you know? I mean, my view is that civil servants should be allowed to express their opinion as long as it's not revealing confidential information about their particular ministry that they work in. Otherwise, I think civil servants should be free to express their public, public opinion, free to support any candidate that they want. I just I don't think it's fair to, to oppress the civil service and the way that it is. You know, I think civil servants should have more freedom to speak. So Sandy, we have this culture, we have this framework that the government has designed to make people feel that they will get blacklisted, they will lose their job, they will lose their income. All this fear is being driven into the people by the government. That's why the government doesn't like CMR. That's why the government doesn't want Cayman Mall Road to tell the truth. That's why the government is not inviting Cayman Mall Road to its press conferences because Cayman Mall Road is going to ask the difficult questions, the questions that other members of the media may not want to ask or may be afraid to ask. Cayman Mall Road will ask those questions on behalf of the people and try to get the answers on behalf of the people. So that's what's missing here is a, a government that actually acts in the best interests of the Cayman Islands a government acts in the best interest of the people. What the government has done is to make everybody believe that since they did an okay job in a lockdown by keeping us safe, that we're all gonna just sit down and think, oh, oh my, they kept us safe during the lockdown, so they are the greatest government in the world. No, it doesn't work that way. The people in this country realize that yes, we are grateful that we did an early lockdown and we were kept safe. We are very grateful. However, there are other issues that remain unresolved. We still have 
failing public education. We still have environmental laws that are not enforced or ignored. Look at the little law, for example, $500 and six months in jail. It's just never enforced. The government doesn't see, as, see it as a priority. We have the reopening of our industries and we, we still have a lot of Caymans who are unemployed. We have Caymans that are now working less hours. For example, Caymans working in hotels that are working two days a week rather than six days a week or five days a week. And they can't live off of that two days a week income. Meanwhile, you have the government saying, we need global talent in this country. Yes, we do need global talent, but Caymans talented too. So you should be looking to grow your own human capital also in order to contribute to your economy, in order to fill those jobs in your economy. That's where your focus should be also, not just focus on getting as many people as possible in from overseas. We need all people working together, but we also need to ensure that we have a government that is setting out a plan that will involve reskilling, retooling, retraining, and ongoing training for Caymans so that they're skilled, not just at a traditional education level, but also the trade school education level. We need to involve our people in this reopening process. We can't just reopen just for the sake of getting as many work permit fees as possible and then ignoring Caymans. Because if you ignore Caymans, Caymans remain unemployed, what's gonna happen then? then they have to rely on the government. They have to become dependent on the government. That doesn't make sense. What you should do is to make sure that you have the proper infrastructure in place, the proper um, uh, equal opportunity for, if you have equality of opportunity in the infrastructure, then you will create a situation where, you know, qualified Caymans will get the interviews, qualified Caymans will get the jobs, they can then take care of their families. They don't have to rely on NAU. To me, it's very simple. We will, we will always need people to come in from different countries to fill certain jobs. We welcome those people in the Cayman Islands. What we can't do is to simply focus on the work permit fee and ignore the Cayman. And we can't do that. Everyone is welcome here, but we have to take care of, of Caymans as well. Mm-hmm. These are the types of stories that Cayman Mall Road will tell. Mm-hmm. These are the kind, kind of it, things. Alric, if I can just um, jump in here for a second. Let me give you guys an example of um, when Alec talks about us having an ear in the ground. Yesterday, we broke a story. Nobody else had this. Um, that basically there were some concerns and some questions about how people were accessing the vaccine. Did anybody else notice that we were on top of this story? We're being told that Americans who are here visiting a friend for a couple of weeks who are being let in under this very um, interesting travel time, you know, oh, we can decide to let in anybody really that we want to, a.k.a. Skylar Mack. Um, they're coming in and they are going and accessing the vaccine, which, by the way, was supposed to be for the elderly and our frontline workers and the most vulnerable people in our community. So I was very upset from the day before 
to hear and to understand that there were no protocols in place to properly monitor who was getting the vaccine. Anybody could walk in and say, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I need it. I have an illness. Lawyers, um, students I heard from private schools were walking in and getting it done. Now we're almost out of the first vax of, uh, of vaccine. Over 35 per 3,500 persons have been vaccinated. And guess what? I mean, this is crazy. But essentially, when we run out, we don't know for sure when we're getting the next batch. They were hoping that it would be coming in on a weekly basis initially when it came in, you know, less than two weeks ago. But now we see that's not the case. We may get another batch month end, just in time, probably to do the second round um, of vaccinations for, you know, they're supposed to be done like three weeks apart. Now, isn't that, isn't that crazy? And we were on top of that story. And as a result of us reaching out to the HSA about this concern and being on top of the story, we were then able to see some immediate action taken where the HSA said, right, yes, perhaps we could tighten up the process. And it was immediately tightened up with people now having IDs checked because there were questions even, um, folks, about, you know, oh, well, IDs are not being checked, so you don't even know if this person is actually 18 or of age. This is what someone said um, to us yesterday, that there were children, essentially, and there is a concern about, you know, you have to be a certain age to actually be eligible for the vaccine. It's not intended for children, but they go to different private schools. I'm not going to call any by name, but I was told exactly what schools they go to and they were showing up. So now the HSA has put a few more people. Um, they said, cause people were quote unquote wiggling in past security. So there may be some truth to what we're saying. We know that there was some truth to what we're saying. Somebody else shared the following. The other thing is the vaccine card. What a joke. I was not asked for ID and was offered a blank one for me to fill out, fill in myself three times after I already had one. I would give them, I could give them to anybody or just make copies and hand them out. Now, as a direct result of CMR providing that information to the powers that be at the HSA, they will be asking for ID for all persons. I mean, I'm a bit surprised, to be honest, that that would not have been the protocol because I could walk in. Well, not me personally, because everybody knows me, unfortunately. But, you know, if I was somebody else, I could walk in and say, um, my name is Jane Doe, and they wouldn't know if I'm Jane Doe or Jane Smith or Jane Ebanks. So there should have been protocols in place where IDs were always being checked. How, how the hell do you know who's actually getting the vaccine? It's an honor system. Um, and the management of the HSA said, yes, we do expect people to be honest. Trust me, people are not honest. We've been talking about scammers for days. People are inherently, some people are inherently dishonest. And the same way they can come in here and take advantage of our travel time um, protocols and quarantine restrictions, they will take advantage of the access to the vaccine. 
who, I mean, think about it. Say you're an American, right? And you are considering returning home soon, which I'm sure you have to do. Um, even if you're one of these concierge people that we were talking about where you come here just because you have $100,000 in the bank, get the vaccine in the Cayman Islands, return to the U.S., and you feel like you're good. Because getting the vaccine in America is no easy feat at this particular time. That takes some serious maneuvering, folks. And so that maneuvering, you no longer have to worry about because you have just taken the vaccine. I heard people going all the way up to Northside yesterday to jump in line ahead of people. Now, that's wrong. If you're not in a priority category and other people are, by all means, seriously, don't do it. And not long after that story came out, I must say I want to take my hat off to the governor because he is very responsive. He then posted on his social media page asking people to please refrain from, well, he just basically told them to be patient. Like you've got to be patient. Over 3,500 people have been vaccinated. But he said, listen, this is a great start to a roll-up program, but we await confirmation from the UK of our next batch. So we don't even know when it's coming. He says, as you see here, hopefully... By the end of the month. Could, did you get anyone to come on the show to explain um, how this vaccine works, given that there's a second strain of COVID-19 in the UK? I mean, We invited Dr. Lee and we got nothing but excuses, Alric. We have, as a matter of fact, Jens sent him another message yet again this morning, his secretary or whoever this is that arranges his schedule, to say now that those excuses have passed because, oh, he was busy with the rollout and they were doing this, that, and the next thing last week, now that those excuses are gone, we are still here waiting, and so are the people of this country, um, to have Dr. Lee on the program. So I've just respond, res replied back to them this morning, says, hey, still following up on the below, because we were told that Oh, he's busy this week. And I said, well, I said he can come anytime, even next week would be fine. Yeah. Well, you know, um, I have a great friend at HSA. I mean, if he would go on, come on your show, I mean, the most honest person I know at HSA is Keith Higgins. If you can mm -hmm. get, if you can get Mr. Higgins on your show, that would be a great show. I mean, Keith is very informative. He's professional. And very honest. So if you can get that guy on your show, you know, that, that would be a home run. Mm -hmm. Well, we would love to have anybody in the show who's in the know. So Dr. Garcia, um, elections office, the governor, Dr. Lee, uh, anyone who is willing to come here and talk to the people straight and give them straight answers. We welcome. Um, anything else before we wrap up? For today? Nothing. I think people want to know, um, you know, what the plan is going forward with this reopening, because all we can hear is people, you know, the government wants business as usual, business as usual. But what does it mean? Does it mean that we consider the lessons that we learned during the lockdown? During the lockdown, we had people that didn't have insurance, so they, they couldn't get the medication that they needed. We had people that 
were old and had to be reassessed uh, by NAU. And so during that reassessment process, they didn't have any access to NAU and didn't have access to any healthcare. So there, there, there are a lot of issues that we learn during the lockdown that, that we need to think of going forward. So are we gonna have sufficient healthcare for old people? And uh, you know, are we gonna speed up the process for NAU? Are we gonna have district councils where you can have a representative from different sectors in your district so that your district council will have someone from NAU, they may have someone from immigration, someone from work, a representative on, on each district council so that you're not running around trying to figure things out. You just go to your council, you say what your concern is, the council deals with it and gets back to you as a smaller unit rather than you running around trying to figure things out. So I think people in Cayman want to know what the plan is. Mm-hmm. Businesses want to know what the plan is so that they can, you know, open, reopen and grow safely. Individuals want to know what the plan is. Caymans want to know if there's going to be equality of opportunity when it comes to jobs. Yes, I understand that, as I say, we need people coming from overseas. Yes. What I'm saying is we also need to focus on our Caymans getting back into work. We can't leave our Caymans for last place. That doesn't make sense. You know, um, th- what the facts show is that on the SEMA website, it shows that Western Union and MoneyGram, uh, Money those agencies are used to transfer over $200 million a year outside of Cayman. What I'm saying is people only think about the work permit fee. We also have to think about how much money is going outside of Cayman, which is about $200 million a year. When you compare that with making sure that your Caymans have equal opportunity for jobs and Caymans can earn income, those Caymans are going to spend their money in Cayman, in the infrastructure in Cayman. So that is one of the points that I'm making is that it is valuable to place a value on your own people because Mm -hmm. people are going to invest back into the country. You can look at the facts for yourself. You can go to SEMA.KY and look at the transfers that are going out of the country through Western Union and MoneyGram. The facts are there. It's $200 million a year that's going out. So what we need to start doing is start to invest in our country and invest in our people. We can invest in our people through better better investment into trade school, expansion of trade schools like Inspire Cayman. We need to provide an alternative route for training and education, other than the traditional view that everyone must become a doctor and a lawyer and accountant. Not everyone everyone wants to be a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant. You know, people are good with their hands. They have skills. They want to be carpenters, want to be construction workers, want to be artists. You know, we need to make sure that we have an infrastructure that supports the growth, development, and training of those people as well in those areas. It seems like we're just leaving our people for last place. And that is acceptable. That is not acceptable. Alric, thank you so much for always being, you know, very direct and straightforward with the people. The Cold Hard Truth is the name of the show, and we appreciate people who can give it to us cold and hard. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, we'll see you next week, Thursday. Good luck. I know you're doing a lot of um, on the ground work, a lot of door to door canvassing. 
um, of the electric in your Georgetown South area. So um, continued blessings and safety coming into the weekend and into next week. And we'll see you on Thursday. Okay, we'll see you. And um, just want to remind you that we are going around tonight as well from five mm -hmm. to about eight o'clock. So Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday from one to six. So we will be around Georgetown South going apartment complex to apartment complex and home to home. Just double checking with you that you are registered to vote and also informing the people who, not, who are not aware mm -hmm. that to vote, that they can register, including the people who have status letters and acknowledgement letters. Thank you, Alric. I appreciate it. All right, folks, if you need to reach Alric Lindsay, his number is scrolling across the screen, 926-1688. Alric4kman at gmail.com is also his email address. Alric is here every Thursday um, that he's able to make it, which has been quite a number of Thursdays um, with us. So, Andine, uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, Tracy was making the point um, that um, show proof – oh, sorry, that was Irvlin said show proof of residency card – um, not less than six months. Well, unfortunately, Ervalyn, the HSA has basically said that they've been too busy to check any documentation. Now, I'm a little bit perplexed by this because I am obviously have not gotten the vaccine. I was there last week, Thursday. I saw the initial government officials, that ceremony of persons who got it. But are they saying then that when you go to get the vaccine, they're not keeping a database other than giving you that card? Is the HSA not keeping a database of who's actually been inoculated with this vaccine? To me, that seems um, necessary because what if I'm a person, an older person, I have a little bit of Alzheimer's and I show up next week or some other time to get vaccinated again? I've already been vaccinated. Who's to say, like, you're relying on the person to be dishonest to not forget that they've already been vaccinated. Are you saying that you're not keeping a database of who's received the vaccination? The other reason why you might want to do that is in the event that anything happens to that individual, they get sick afterwards. They don't have to tell you, oh, I've been vaccinated um, and I'm potentially having an allergic reaction. You can look up on the little HSA record that, oh, you've just recently received the vaccine. Sure, surely there is documentation of this in their computer system, right? I'm asking because I do not know. And if there isn't, I would be very concerned. Ms. Joy says, congratulations to CMR for breaking this story, a national disgrace. They rushed to start inoculations without having the organization in place. I wonder how many of those 3,500 people were Caymanians and residents, but of course, no statistics since no ID was required. Ms. Sophia says, Mr. Alric, I appreciate your thoughts. Very strong points for the Caymanian people and young people and elderly, especially your ideas are great and can work for better. I wish you all the best in this election. I'm sure Alric appreciates that. Um, Irvlin says, thank you so much. And she agrees that it doesn't appear to be organized very well. Um, Alric is giving the link for the elections program. So folks, check that out. Again, a lot of this stuff is available online. We have just messaged uh, Mr. Wesley Howell again to invite him on the program. 
This will be our third or fourth time now trying to follow up with this situation, but hopefully he'll be able to come on soon. Folks, the registration deadline is now less than a week away. It is next week, Wednesday. So anything you need to do in terms of getting registered, changing your address, whatever, for that new list, the new and final list that will go out ahead of the May 2021 general election, you've got to get it done before next week, Wednesday. Um, Conroy says they do keep the consent form. Okay, that's good. Thank you, Conroy, for confirming that. And hopefully, I'm hoping that that means that that information um, is then entered in a database somewhere and we're following up with these individuals. Um, so uh, Evelyn says, what if someone has lost their card? Well, hopefully, again, if there's a consent form at least being kept, you can then create the database from there. All right, folks, uh, one final note before we close off the program for the day. I know we're a little bit over. Um, this young man, Mr. Adrian Dawkins, a.k.a. Giga Famous, has been um, arrested again, thanks to CMR, really, publishing the story of how he assaulted a man with a machete uh, on, on New Year's Eve, some two weeks ago almost. It took them that long, and only after the CMR story and then the public outcry was he then arrested for his unprovoked, as we have heard, actions in relation to this machete situation. The video is available, folks. You can go on the website. You can see how he hardly cares and how he made a point later on on Sunday afternoon to address uh, the situation on a boat cruise where he was flossing his money and throwing around hundreds of dollars to tip the DJ to get on the mic for two minutes. So Giga, famous, has now been arrested by the RCIPS for assault, ABH, assault, uh, bodily causing bodily harm. Uh, the man has some injuries that I understand that even two weeks later, he is still, still um, tending to because he got, he got cuts. I mean, you know what happens when somebody slap you with a machete, folks. He could have been way more seriously killed. And there are people who are of the opinion that the charge here should actually be a charge of attempted murder because you do not go after someone with a deadly weapon like a machete without intending to probably kill them. But the DPP, um, the police at this point have only arrested him with ABH being the, um, the allegation suspicion of ABH. He's not yet charged and they say that their investigations are continuing. So that is the latest update on that. I know a lot of you were anxious to um, get some additional information. So, folks, that is all she wrote. I thank you guys um, so much for tuning into the program. Thank you, Ms. Joy, for the valuable information that you provided today. Thank you, Flora, Ervalyn, Tracy, Ms. Sophia, everybody else, Andine. Big shout out to Andine. Um, thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And um, we are trying to be, you know, your most reliable source of information, folks. Um, election season is here, and we are going to definitely be, we are your election headquarters so far, we are the only ones who've been telling you what's going on. Now, here's a little tidbit for you. Rumor has it, and I'm saying rumor has it, pun the mall road, that Woody DaCosta may be considering an electoral bid, and he might actually be looking at taking on the Honorable Alden McLaughlin. What do you guys think about that? Let's discuss it on Monday, because tomorrow I'm actually not going to be in the usual studio space. Um, I have a special treat for you though. So I want you to watch tomorrow. I can't tell you where I'm going yet. 
but we are going to be on location at a very important site location. Now we may not have internet because the internet's spotty in that area. So I might not be able to live stream in the moment, but I want you guys to stay tuned because you're gonna be shocked and surprised to hear exactly where I'm at and what story I am following up for you. Um, because it's important that you guys are well-informed and that you have the true information uh, regardless of what it is. So that's what I'm going to tease you with for now. Please stay tuned to tomorrow morning. Spread the news. We got a little something coming your way. Folks, have a beautiful and um, safe day. Thank you so much, Ervalyn. Thank you, Flora, for your vote of confidence. I really do appreciate your support, folks. It's you people, really, that make this the best um, show and the best news format. Um, I love doing what I do. So, of course, you know, I do it with a lot of heart. And uh, we don't always get it right. And we're the first to correct it when we don't. And I just appreciate uh, you guys hanging in there with us. So have a good day. And um, tomorrow, like I said, it won't be the usual show. But we got something special coming your way. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of The Cold Hard Truth. Make sure to check Facebook for showtimes and more information and the latest news at caymanmarlroad.com. Subscribe to our IG and Facebook pages to get the latest happenings.